this week on Red Dead Radio. These guys played the first five hours of Red Dead Redemption 2, and now they're going to talk about it. Hey, we're about to start the show and talk about the first five hours of Red Dead Redemption 2 before we do. Uh, hey, this is what I do for a living. You want to go to reddeadradio.com? You can support me on Patreon. I hope that you will. I know a lot of people ask. I think we put a good product together here. Actually, lots of good products. If you're not familiar with the other stuff I do, Hop, Flip, and a Jump, video documentary series about the way, reason games matter. I hope you'll watch and listen to it. And I also do a little thing every now and then called Pockets Full of Soup, the story of the people we're thankful for. Check it out. You can also find me on Kind of Funny Games, kindoffunny.com. And every now and then I'm moonlighting over at IGN, some other spots. And hey, today with these gentlemen from GameSpot. GameSpot, good. Hi, friends. Welcome to Red Dead Radio, the Red Dead Redemption podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Petty. And as always, we're going straight to the wild, wild guest. We're going straight to the wild, wild guest. We're going straight to the wild, wild guest. Yeah! Who are you? I'm Jake Decker. And where are you from, Jake Decker? GameSpot. And who are you? Also from GameSpot. I'm Mike Mahardy. And y'all are here because you've played the first Five hours of Red Dead Redemption 2. Yep. That's kind of spectacular. Did you, walk, did you get yourself like a tattoo to commemorate the occasion? Yeah, but it's not something I could show on camera. Oh, left or right cleft? Left. Uh, left cleft. There <laughs> yep. we go. What about you, Jake? Do you have any tattoos? No tattoos. No tattoos not for Not yet, though. But you do have that experience burned into your brain. So I got some hands-on time with Red Dead 2, but I cannot begin to tell you how jealous I am. Five hours you've seen the game from beginning to well into gameplay. So let's stop with me talking and head right to y'all. What's it like? Uh, you want to start? Yeah, there's, I can there's, yeah, there's, start. there's so much. It, it's overwhelming. And I think that was one thing that a lot of people who saw that hour and a half kind of came away with. Not in a bad way, but it was like, wow, there are so many systems at play in this game. And the benefit of having the tutorial, the opening, is that we were actually able to get used to all those different systems and kind of contextualize them, which I don't think a lot of other people were necessarily able to, at least to the same extent we were. So, yeah, I mean, I think just being able to see all those systems was overwhelming and really cool. When you mention those systems, is it a tutorialized contextualization that takes place or is it something a little more organic? It's pretty, it's, I mean, it's like a very, very well disguised tutorial section. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty organic. It's, it's the intro itself. Like, so we came into the demo and Rockstar had the game paused on the intro cutscene. So we just pressed start, watched the rest of it, Arthur Morgan's narration, et cetera. I'm not going to spoil any specifics, but, um, you know, you get into it and you meet a few characters and they, what are they like? They show you like how much better horse riding is, uh, how you can horse yeah. drift, how you can uh, catch up to some. It, I mean, it's the basic fare from uh, the first game where you can, you know, like match another rider speed. This one like is a little more nuanced. You can like double tap X if you want to go. So it's it's kind of like assuming you're in a uh, convoy or like a posse because you can be at a certain point in a line of horses. And then it says to move back in the line. Like if Dutch tells you to move back, you could press circle. Your horse will go to the side, slow down, so everybody comes ahead of you. Or if, like, Dutch says, hey, Arthur, go check it out up there, you can press X and or tap X, and you'll, like, go to the front of the pack. Um, like, that's just kind of, like, that's, like, one of those, like, uh, small details that kind of makes you feel like part of the world, I guess. Um, and that allows you to start conversations with different people in the line yeah. as well. I noticed that when I was playing through mine is I could ride up to John and just start with him and then yeah. drop back and talk to somebody else. And Yeah, and that's that's kind of, like, what was so amazing and so far in this five hours like you know like the, when the game releases it could be too much almost like the stuff that we saw between moments i from what we saw the five hours etc it was it was pretty well paced uh mm -hmm. coming across like Red. incidents yeah there was something interesting happening pretty much every everywhere we looked like we were mm -hmm. like all right well we're gonna head this way and sure enough there'd be someone doing something and of course i'd we'd want to get involved and see what that is and as you saw, you can totally do that. The, 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 the interactions are so malleable. Mm -hmm. Oh, let me ask you about that. Uh, you talk about going someplace and always finding something to do. So Red Dead is, uh, I, I really am an advocate of this idea that the West is a character in Red Dead 2. Um, now, part of that character is a sense of vastness. So you sit off on your hill in the distance and look out over it, and it just looks big and empty like the West should. My perception has been that it's not actually empty. It just looks that way from afar. And the moment you start riding in, there's actually full of things. Was that your experience? Yeah, I would say so. Um, we kind of got sidetracked during our open world mission where or our open world exploration point where we ended up like in this bog and mm -hmm. kind of like uh, 
A, the amount of things just going on in the different biomes. Like, as soon as we went in the bog, our horse, horse was getting spooked more often by uh, crocodiles or, like, n- any number of snakes and everything. You can notice because it was, like, darting side to side. He was a little harder to control, not least because the water was up to his, like, knees and everything, too. But uh, we came across... It seemed like the different people had, like, different flavors around there, too. Like, I came across the dude who was... Uh, I heard We just heard retching first and someone, like, throwing up, vomiting. And I see him, like, stumbling out of the woods... And then we're like, uh, we use the NPC interaction. We're like, hey, what's what's wrong? He's like, oh, I need medicine, please. It's some sort of tonic or anything. And I was like, okay. And he's got vomit all over his shirt. So I'm like, I'm going to help him out. So I give him the tonic and he he downs it like in one gulp. And then he's like, thank you. Uh, never eat those pink flowers. Uh, it turns out he was trying to like trip, essentially, like looking for plants with hallucinogenic properties. And the pink flowers apparently were poison. And I'm pretty sure that's how you find out that you can use those pink flowers to poison other people once you get it more ah. into the, the alchemy, so to speak, or the botany and the kind of like making different herbs and salves or so. Yeah, because there's a ton of cl- not necessarily obvious collectibles laying around. You see a pretty flower, you walk up, you hit that L2. Let's talk for a second about that that consistent interface. It's sort of like old adventure, point-and-click adventure games when they reach their zenith, where you could just point at anything that would contextually understand what to do. Have you seen that? exercised in a contemporary kind of third-person adventure game anytime recently as well as you did in this demo? I think early on when we went to that house, uh, that house that had been taken over by that other gang and you kill them and then you go inside and there's objects all over the house that you can look at, you can examine. Uh, While you're doing that, you're also emptying out cabinets for supplies for your own camp. So I think think that's kind of what you're asking, right? Like you can... I mean, you, you can piece together stories just by going into these houses, picking up different things. Like, same thing when you go into a shop. You can pick up pretty much anything, look right. at it. Uh, a lot of times, Arthur will comment on it. Uh, and, and, and it was kind of cool seeing just an extra layer on this open-world formula that Rockstar doesn't typically do. I mean, except with L.A. Noir when uh-huh. you examine all those objects. But, yeah, it reminded me a lot of L.A. Noir, how you could basically interact with many things yeah. that were in front like of you. Like Shenmue, but good. okay i'd say like in terms of recent games i've done that like it honestly it does remind me of like elder scrolls fallout when you go into a house and like obviously those games are more focused on the scavenging for items like specifically for health or weapon parts uh red dead it felt more like you were actually it was tying you to the environment but as far as other like big triple a games that have done this i can't really recall one that's done one to this extent uh there's usually that really thick layer between the player and the world uh because like you know you have like you have Skyrim, like you can explore the world on a massive scale, but then when you get it down to the nitty gritty, you start to see kind of the facade like wearing mm-hmm. away. Uh, Red Dead, it seems like it's focused on scope in the large sense as well as the granular, and that's kind of it's that's where it becomes daunting because you know there's not always you, you're going from one side quest to the next in the five hours we had, and it's it's like every miscellaneous thing you come across, every character you meet could potentially have as much. Uh, impact as that of a, a normal side quest or main story in another game. And well, that was that's kind of blur, right? I yeah. mean, the, you don't really know exactly. Yeah. And I like that, that, that they're trying to break down this, the storytelling expectations. Though. I mean, how long has it been? What was the beginning of starting a game and there's a guy with an exclamation mark over, mark over his head or there's a question mark over his head and we know that's the signal to move forward to the next thing? What I saw this game really seemed to be trying to subvert and recreate that expectation. Was that your impression? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because like Assassin's Creed Odyssey just came out, and hearing what you just said, I was like, yeah, that's it's Assassin's definition Creed. Definition of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, whatever. That, that game is very fun. I like it. But um, I, yeah, that, that's my experience so far because it does. It like you said, it doesn't feel like it's it's like world and then main quest and then side quest. It doesn't feel like they're stacked on top of each other. It feels like one big thing. Um, and I think that does a lot of things it makes the main quest feel more organic when you get into it because it doesn't feel like oh i'm done playing the game i'm gonna go play the story now it makes those feel pretty uh it blurs the lines between those but it also makes those like minor side quests i don't feel like i'm just passing chores to get to the next big thing Mm. i feel like this right now is the big thing like it it's the game is forcing me and arthur to live in the present which is really nice because i'm not just thinking oh, I wonder what's going to happen at that waypoint that I put on the map. I'm actually thinking what's going to happen around this corner. How does the game reinforce that? How's it making that happen? How's it changing your attitude? What mechanically, design-wise, story structure-wise is taking place that's giving you that impression? If you're going to peel back the the layers over it a little bit and look at how it's put together, what about that deliberate design is making you feel that way? I think it's just seeing seeing the world react to you in so many different ways. Uh, One example in particular that uh, comes to me was 
when we first relocated to Valentine, near Valentine, and I think, I forget who it was, I think Dutch was like, yeah, some of the boys are at the saloon, you can go check that out. So we're like, all right, I'll go over there, go over there, or we, I don't know, we take our we take our horse over there, I walk in, Bill Williamson is there, and we start chatting and all, with these ladies, and then all of a sudden a fight breaks out. And this guy comes up to me, and I had just cleaned, I would shaved and like combed my hair, made, made, made myself look nice, and this guy, this big guy grabs me. He's like, hey, pretty boy. And Rockstar was like, so if you let yourself go, that he would have been like, hey, you ugly moron or whatever. So it just like seeing those little tiny interactions mm-hmm. that normally like you don't typically see in a game, like a game that it, it kind of reminds me of Fable, but like how they would kind of try to react yeah. to you. But it still felt very surface level. Well, this, on the other hand. It feels very deep and like very minute, and I think that adds to this. So kind of a natural flow to yes. it. Yes. I, I feel like some of the very best game design you don't notice except in the fun or mm-hmm. except in the immersion. The, the less you see the seams, the better the design. Uh, yeah. That seems to be what you're describing here. Am, am I hearing you correctly? Yeah, I've, had, I've been using this admittedly shitty metaphor where it's like most games you're in a room and then like say you get you punch a hole in the wall and then you can you can see the developers right there on their computers kind of like controlling everything in (laughs) it seems like in red dead 2 you if you punch a hole in the wall you'll see another room or if you fall through the floor you're going to be in the basement not just empty space it feels like there is more game to see the deeper you go it's not just i'm not seeing the boundaries i'm not seeing the, the the code at the bottom of it all i'm seeing more game and obviously i think it's it's a it's a deep hole to dig for Rockstar because like you have players that are going to naturally oh if this is consistent I'm going to want to go deeper and see if this is consistent and mm-hmm. it seems like they're trying to account for all that um, and you know like it's a challenge they set out they put in front of themselves uh, and from what we've seen it's pretty encouraging because I don't know like uh, it does feel very much like you're just seeing more game the deeper you dig into it and it doesn't feel like there are boundaries yet. Do you ever either of y'all ever play NetHack? Mm-hmm. Uh, so NetHack, an ASCII-based uh, roguelike, uh, and it's been in continual development for decades. Uh, there's no graphics, so all the development time has gone into gameplay. And the NetHack hook gimmick is they thought of everything. Anything you can try to think of, there's a unique response to. This seems like that design philosophy employed on the AAA scale. Uh, and I, I, there's been very, very few occasions. Are there, are there, has anyone ever taken that ambition and really followed through on it before? Uh, last year with Divinity, Original Sin 2, I would mm-hmm. say, got mm-hmm. close, or at least closer than I've been used to recently. And they, I think a lot of us at GameSpot were like, this is probably the closest a game has got to an actual Dungeons & Dragons session that we've played recently, um, as insofar as you can't really see where the boundaries end. And like... You're you can be pretty confident that if you do something, there will be a unique reaction to it. I can't think of anything else. There though. there are no Cheetos nor Mountain Dew in Divinity Original Sin Two, so it's not as close as it could be. It's close, <laughs> but but I do feel like those two things are essential components of, of, of any D and D session. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, fair I, enough. I, I would definitely say Legend of Zelda: A Breath of the Wild okay. a little bit. Um, I think the big difference with Red Dead is that you're seeing all these different interactions with NPCs. While yeah. Legend of Zelda, the NPCs are very scripted. They have their dialogue that they need to tell you. But in terms of the world design of Breath of the Wild, how whenever you pushed against the world, it would push back in yeah. some form or another. And I think you even mentioned that with Red Dead. Like No matter how how hard you push against this world, something is going to push back at you, which is like coming off Assassin's Creed, which like you said is a fun game. Like. That game, I can push against it. I can do whatever I want, and no one is going to care except for maybe an NPC screaming in the background. Yeah, there's this really interesting, actually, um, one of my favorite like criticism, uh, critics on YouTube. His name's Joseph Anderson, and he does a lot of stuff with like open-world games, like really deep stuff. And he has this system where like if he he says, like a game could be fun, but if you really want to look at it, is this world actually, would this world work without you being in it? And then you have to see like if the people in each settlement, do they have a place to get food? Do they have a place where they're sleeping? In Assassin's Creed, no, they're just wandering around these circles and they're kind of there like, it's like, I don't know, like imagine they're going about their entire life is within this five foot radius. In Red Dead, I could actually see all these characters doing stuff when I'm not there. And that's hmm. that's not like the first game to have done something like that, like this actual uh, you know, world that exists separate from the player. Sure, Shenmue um, again comes to mind. Right, yeah, that. exactly. And I read that it seems like is very much like, I'm, I'm assuming all these NPCs have a family that they go back to when the sun goes down um, or some specific place that they really like to eat. Um, and 
again, like when you really want to look at that, maybe if you did follow one NPC around, you would discover that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, in most games, you kind of like we were talking yesterday, you kind of have that suspension of disbelief where you're like, okay, I'm just going to imagine that that person has a favorite diner, and that's going to uh, increase my fun in this game. Seems like Red uh, Rockstar is very much saying like, oh, but what if we actually did incorporate that, like that kind of personality? And if you did follow them, for instance, what would happen? Well, they know we're going to try. Exactly. I mean, they, and they know day one there's going to be videos of people trying. I, I'm going to try. Out for them. Yeah. And we're going to sit down and, and be like, how real is Red Dead Redemption 2? People are going to do it. I think of a story I heard at GDC years ago where the, the designer, I brought up Shenmue, which is a much, much smaller, like a microcosmic attempt at this many years ago uh, that, that failed in many ways, succeeded in some. But the dev was talking about how when they were working on the game, they wanted everybody to have their own life, do their own logical things at different times of day in this little town in Japan. And the dev team came in one morning and the town was empty. They couldn't find anybody. They were walking the streets of the dev kit and the entire population of the town had vanished. And they're like, what is, and finally somebody wandered in to the convenience store. And the entire population of the town, every character in Shenmue had gone to breakfast at the same time to pick it up at the convenience store. And because they'd all walked in at once, they'd locked the, they trapped the doors with their bodies. And so they were all trying to walk out at the same time. But they had, in fact, followed their cycle, gone to have breakfast at <laughs> breakfast time. It's just everybody decided to have breakfast at once. And they actually had to reduce the realism a little bit uh, to make that process go through. I wonder what kind of, of things Rockstar has taken into account. For yeah. yeah. That, sorry, that also reminds me of, uh, have you heard the story of the vanishing cats in Dwarf Fortress? Uh, this sounds oh, vaguely yeah. familiar because yeah. I love Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so again, like if you're, if for people who don't know, like Dwarf Fortress is again kind of like this exact kind of game yeah. in that it is, it's it it's doesn't even. It's an understatement to say it's layered systems. It is system <laughs> upon system upon system. The developers constantly, their development is changing things to make sure that these literally hundreds of thousands of other systems interact well. So one day they came in after like this minor update and they noticed that cats all over this dwarf fortress which you're it's like a it's a really in-depth dwarf fortress sim the cats were all dying they're like what the hell is going on and they tried everything they're like um is there like is there food poisoned or are they like walking through like some area that they're like they're not supposed to are people eating the cats but no it turned out that uh they had like upped the alcohol percentage in beer so people were more likely to throw up and then the cats themselves were lapping up the alcohol on the floor and dying and dying from poisoning yeah and it's that kind of story where i'm like i wonder i would i would like kill to hear what kind of stories like those happened in red dead throughout redemption development you know you you, fortunately y'all are a better place being part of GameSpot. you are better placed than most human beings to get those answers i I mean i is that something we could look forward to hopefully sitting down Uh, in here can't confirm anything but we're we're working on stuff for okay. sure sounds rad i yes. cannot wait to hear some of this yeah, I, yeah, I really, really really can't and by the way GameSpot, you you guys uh you have plans around the red deads right mm-hmm. we do uh we're gonna we have a show what yeah we're, we're, it's gonna be every friday um starting next friday the first episode i don't want to say too much but the first episode is sort of the dna of uh-huh. red dead redemption 2 where it draws its inspiration from uh particularly looking at rockstar games because that is one thing playing it that really stuck out to a lot of us is how i mean it is eight studio eight rockstar studios yeah. making this game and you can really tell like oh this is some max Payne here okay this is some bully over here this is some la noir here and of course grand theft auto 5 what a great idea for a video i, I know, wish right? i made that <laughs> um but yeah and then we'll have more when the game releases will these uh, be documentary style discussion style how you, how are you approaching it little bit of both i'd say i think we've got some discussions planned uh we have some sort of like features planned i don't know about documentary stuff uh just because that requires a bit more access than uh-huh. we might have okay yeah. GameSpot's quick draw this will be uh so this is next friday and we're recording this will be so it's this friday if you're watching the week this comes out mm-hmm. it'll be this mm-hmm. friday and you can find that at GameSpot on your youtube your website etc yeah mm-hmm. all right yep. lovely yeah. you should watch that I, I i'm kind of a fan of these whole let's make a show about red dead redemption too so mm-hmm. i'll be watching absolutely yeah. that's rad let's talk about uh let's talk about that uh trailer that just came out and what it reveals be everybody's been breaking down granular details i broke down granular details earlier this week if you haven't watched that yet i recommend you do but beyond the details y'all have played the game mm-hmm. so you can contextualize things in that trailer that reveal things that don't 
look like revelations until you understand yeah. you played the game. Can you talk about some of that for us? Give some context on things from the trailer that actually mean more to you because you've had hands-on time? The thing that I saw during the trailer, well, you mentioned the hygiene when the, the lady was running away from Arthur during mm -hmm. in his camp. Yeah. And you could talk more about that because I think you're also planning a show around that. But um, I noticed they said you can burglarize houses. Sure, you're in a gang in the the dying days of the Wild West. You you are a bunch of bad people. You're gonna rob a house. What we saw during our demo was really cool. Is how you come across like burglary targets. We mm -hmm. came up to this hill in the middle of the night. We saw a lantern. Came up to this guy on creepy on, guy, very creepy, really on, weird. On like yarn, he had a bunch of uh, like sepia tone photos of this one woman, like uh, clothespin to the yarn, like this gallery shrine to this woman, and he's like. Hey, uh, so do you have a girlfriend? And you can respond negatively or positively. We kept responding negatively. We're like, no, I don't, I don't know. He's like, are you sure? And then you can keep responding negatively. He's like, well, uh, look at look at this woman. And then turns out he was essentially stalking this woman who was a widow, a recent widow, uh, because her husband, he said he sh saw her husband get shot. So now he's been like taking care of her by watching her. Uh, and she lives in this farmhouse over on the other side of this woods next to this hill. Um, and anyway, like things escalated between us and I, the person playing Alessandro, our coworker, ended up shooting him. But <laughs> in Arthur's journal, he wrote down that that farmhouse was a prime burglary location because oh. he knows that a woman, a widow, lives there alone. So the way we came across that was very, very... We, we didn't come up to that hill in the lantern expecting to find a burglary place. And we probably, if we had never come across that, we might have just come across the farmhouse later on in the game without even knowing that you could come across it that way. And that's what I really liked. I actually, earlier this year, for all of its faults, I think Far Cry 5 actually did a great job of introducing you to certain quest lines through a variety of ways. There were okay. some quests you could come across in like five different ways, whether it's this NPC or this note you found or just stumbling onto this like firefight or this crime scene. Red Dead seems to be taking that to another level in, insofar as you're coming across this from a variety of directions and they don't know which one you'll come across. Maybe you just spent... 10 hours exploring and are coming back from the northeast where most people wouldn't go uh, story-wise, but you're coming in from that angle, so they have to say, well, what if they don't stumble across the farmhouse? What what can happen in the distance that they hear and that draws them over? Because so yeah. many of the things we came across was we heard something first, mm -hmm. and then we saw a little blip on our radar, which you could you know turn off the HUD, but we had it on, so we saw a little blip, and we're like, let's go check it out. It was the dude, like he was retching coming out of the swamp. Yeah. Um, so as far as what the trailer showed, that burglary thing seemed minor in the trailer, and I was like, "Huh, I wonder if people like thought that was a big thing that the the you know the woman narrating was pointing out." I was like, "Why would she point that out? Of course, you can rob places." Um, but knowing how we came across it, that just it wasn't the burglar itself; it was how we came across it. It was yeah. the actual lead up to that, like you know, seemingly mundane task. Otherwise, felt like part of Arthur's story. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. exactly. Um, I think something that stood out he mentioned before about hygiene. Uh, plays a pretty big role in this game, and they talked about it a little bit in the trailer, but I think one thing that Rockstar had also pointed out was that if you let yourself go, like gang members and people will be like, hey, you're kind of bringing down morale. Like, you got you to gotta get your shave maybe, clean a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, so the idea of that, I think, also brings back memories of like GTA San Andreas where you like could eat and get bigger and things like that. Right. Um, but that is something that we saw a lot more of, not as much as I would have liked to see like I'm, I, I want to push that to the test yeah. see how far I can you know make Arthur a disgusting pig is that going to be something you do in the game I mean are you just no Probably. no bathing no shaving yep I think okay. so I think so just to see what happens because even in that trailer you kind of got that glimpse of he was all muddy and disgusting and he walked by a woman and the woman immediately just turned around and walked away she's like nah -uh. yeah because I mean you're gonna like you got into that bar fight and the guy threw you through the window into the muddy street from that town they showed in the first ever yeah. it wasn't even the gameplay trailer it was that first Red Dead trailer mm -hmm. And you had mud all over you. And you walked up to that rain barrel to wipe your face off. But if you hadn't done that, I imagine that would contribute to your hygiene faster than just mm -hmm. not showering. Well, yeah. if, if I saw correctly in the background, one guy actually does like when you walk yeah. by. Like yeah. he like covers his nose. It's, it's yeah. really cute. Uh, Apparently, like, the, yeah, Rockstar was telling us, yeah, like they'll essentially pull you aside and tell you it's a problem. Like like the kind of talk like someone might have had with their like 15-year-old boy in like high school. Like, all right, we got to talk about hygiene. Yeah. Like I, it, it, it's... I don't know. The, the trailer was also great. Like, it, I think it. I think the trailers sell the game short for sure. Like, they're they're listing features, and I, I know that's what people are excited about. But I don't envy Rockstar having to convey what they're at least trying to go for with this game, mm -hmm. right? Like, 
Um, I, I think their approach, I think that they've been fairly minimalist and that's been smart for them. I mean, obviously they understand that Groundswell is going to build around this, but they're going to look at features because they want us to have a clear under reasonable video game language understanding of what's happening but trying to give people an idea of a brand new experience something that they really haven't done before in games that is i agree very difficult i think their approach of less is more with that is probably the right way to go about it yeah just like present things you can't understand and present mystery and they've done a great job presenting mystery we know practically nothing yeah. about any of these people we just know they all seem a little interesting i mean we know about most of the gang Literally one quote and one line description. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yet these are people we're going to spend 100 hours with. Yeah. And that's a great approach, I think. Well, it's two things. So then, yeah, then there's the, you know, the the whole idea that the word of mouth is going to spread. People are going to start saying, this happened to me, this happened to me. Uh, you have streamers are going to be streaming the game. I think, yeah, I, I agree. I think they know what they're doing. Um, and we did run into a bunch of characters. Uh, I'm, I, I don't think we should talk too much about the characters. No. Uh, I guess I'll defer to you because I don't want to spoil anything. That's entirely up to you. We we do talk some about spoilers here, but if you'd like to avoid them, maybe we'll have you back on to talk yeah, about that, characters as we yeah, get Yeah, I really... If y'all are comfortable with yes. that. Yes. I mean, I, I personally, the two the first two hours were so strong and impactful that I want people to experience it on their own. Well, how about that? Yeah. Story-wise, it was strong and impactful? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So broad strokes, the first... So what? just to uh, kind of like contextualize it because it was kind of confusing. Played first two hours, and then we jumped to that we heard rumblings of that train robbery that you saw in the gameplay yeah. trailer no no the demo you played right the demo I played, um yeah. and then we went back to the open world around valentine the first camp you get to with dutch with you know like javier escuela with bill williamson with the gang bring me javier escuela yes and you then we just went exploring um the first two hours though the setup i will say it's um it's not the typical like desert wild west vibe i would say like think hateful eight mm. um and it is very much I, it. It starts in a time of turmoil for the gang, and then from there, it really just it. I think it did a phenomenal job. Even if you didn't play Red Dead, like outside of callbacks to the first game, mm -hmm. I think it did a phenomenal job of setting up who this character is, who like how Dutch leads the gang and his style of leadership. Um, Arthur, even like, I grew to love Arthur over the four, five hours we played. Yeah, like I, I did too. Just, I was surprised because Marston is such. Hit such a high bar for me in Red Dead Redemption One. Like mm -hmm. when someone asks me who's your favorite protagonist of the video game, most of the time I will say Marston. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, I, I I thought he was fantastic, and I was not worried, but I was like, I don't know if Arthur can fill these shoes, and I don't know, I don't necessarily want to say he did fill those shoes, but just the the couple hours we spent with him, I was like, yep, I'm sold. Like I'm totally okay stepping away from Marston and playing as this. Do you character. like you like Arthur? Yeah. I liked him, and I think one of the things that made him particularly strong, at least for me, was. Uh, when you'd interact with gang members, you could tell there was so much history between him and them that wasn't really spoken, but just the way they talked to each other, the way he made fun of people, the way he reacted was, it just felt really natural. It felt really fascinating. So we talk a lot about the cinematic film influences of Westerns on Red Dead Redemption and what's coming in Red Dead 2 on the show. We do that a great deal because Rockstar is probably the single most cinematically oriented game company in AAA. Uh, but as much as I love things like The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance or, or, or Unforgiven, my all-time favorite Western is a novel, Lonesome Dove. Have you, either of you ever read it? Mm -hmm. uh, you've read it, Mike. Okay. Yeah, who uh, wrote that? Larry McMurtry. Yes, thank you. Uh, and uh, won the Pulitzer Prize uh, for American literature. It's an amazing piece of writing. Sequels all suck, but the original book is amazing. Yeah. And what I love about Lonesome Dove is from the very first page, you're introduced to a cast of a few people all of whom have known one another for 20, 30 years. And you weren't there for any of that. And so just like you're describing with Arthur, there's all this history and all these relationships, and you're learning about it through the course of an 800-page novel. Is that the kind of approach we're seeing here in Red Dead? Is, is that what the feel we're going to get? From what we saw, I think so. And it's, yeah, like, I mean, the, the, the relationship you have with Micah, like, you kind of know that there's, like, history between them. And then you the relationship you have with... Oh man, there's so much stuff to happen, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. They okay, like to answer your question, yeah, in that two hours they packed a lot, and it was not overwhelming though. It just like it was, you know, in media res, you just immediately felt like you were part of the gang. 
But then you, Rockstar has that added challenge of, you know, like, it's very much a role-playing game with Arthur. How do you want to play Arthur? Mm -hmm. And how do you want to interact with items in a house? Or how do you want to interact with NPCs? Or how do you want to interact with this quest giver, other gang members, this random person you come along, uh, come across along the road? But I think Arthur works really well because they kind of paint him to be... I thought he would just be this kind of boring everyman. Um, but from what we played, he is... This he's even keeled, and that works well because you can play him however you want. So that works well because Dutch seems to trust him with big decisions. Yeah, um, Dutch doesn't seem to micromanage him from what we saw. So Dutch would be like, "Arthur, you figure this out. I gotta go handle this." And he's kind of like, maybe not first in command, but close. Maybe like the he's like yeah. the confidant. So like the sergeant major. Yeah, kinda? something yeah. like that. And you'll be you'll be tasked with these big decisions like who whether to kill this person or not, and it works well because if you were like the hot head of the group. The, the role playing wouldn't work make sense. You would be like the Trevor immediately. You'd like, yeah. of course, he'd do this, but it makes sense that uh, they would give that role playing role to someone who could go either way. Especially because there is a temper. We saw a temper that Arthur has and a violent streak. There's a reason he's part of this outlaw gang, yeah. um, or like you know, vice versa. There's there's the reason you can see this outlaw gang really affected him in certain ways because he was like raised up in it. And I really liked how. They painted it. It reminded me of a Scorsese movie. If we're talking about cinema, in the sense that like Scorsese's very good at making you feel like part of a family in Goodfellas. Like that's oh, yeah. kind of like the rest of the second half of the movie is how much they become sheltered and like how paranoid they get from that and how you know all the the members' wives all become this like group. It it's almost like a cult. And mm -hmm. Dutch has this charisma that I can totally see him having people under his sway. And in that first two hours of the game, like you kind of get the sense that that's being threatened a little bit, his control, and you see personalities come out of the crack that opens, and it's really fascinating to see. And, like, they didn't... You didn't have 30 hours to lead up to that point. We had 10 minutes, and they pulled it off, and I'm already, like, really wanting to see what happens the rest of the time. Again, like, it was... By nature of the preview, I do want to say, like, it could potentially fall apart. Um, I don't... Right now, the story they set up leads me to be very confident about what will play in its full version for sure the uh it's extraordinary hearing you say all of that that's a lot to digest but it, my impression in the two hours i played was that among the many many improvements i love red dead redemption i think it's it's a spectacular video game but i was really impressed by the improvement of the quality of the writing uh in the two hours i saw as much as i like the writing in red dead uh, i think red dead 2's was leaps and bounds better, uh, having had a decade to refine and build on that. Was your impression the same way? Hey. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I. It's it's interesting. I hate to keep bringing up Assassin's Creed, but I had just started the game again because I needed to capture some footage. And hearing that dialogue a second time was like, I think that's like the test of dialogue, right? You hear it once, and you're like, all right, and then you hear it a second time, and then it's like, it can go really mm -hmm. south. Uh, and to be fair, I've only heard the dialogue in Red Dead Redemption 2 once, but um, just hearing the way characters would talk, the way they'd build these relationships super quickly, and part of it absolutely is the uh, voice acting, too. The voice acting yeah. is fantastic from what we heard or from what we saw, uh, and I, I think that lends a lot to it. But yeah, the way, kind of like what Mike was saying, the way you just kind of immediately felt part of this family right away, and listening to Arthur re like respond to these people like the cook he has a very interesting relationship with that I you don't know the history of it but just hearing it, it it's funny and I, I, I don't know it, it's it, I, I, I agree I think the writing is far better than Red Dead and I thought Red Dead Redemption's writing was great Me to too. begin with too. yeah to add on to that I think there's way less exposition this time around which yeah. is saying something because yeah. we literally saw the beginning of the game the story where most things have exposition. Um, like the cook you mentioned, there's this incident. So he used to be a naval officer. He had a chef on a like a battleship, and they keep referencing. They're like, "What the hell happened out in the water?" Like, but it's not just people saying that to Arthur. It's you overhear other people saying it to each other. Other people have the same secrets and anecdotes that you are sharing with characters. And like, I don't think like I wouldn't be surprised to come across a point where you have a secret with someone, then you overhear someone else having a secret. It's like nothing stays secret in this gang. So. You know, there's this incident that happened, like, they keep mentioning the Blackwater incident, and that because we don't even know what that is. It's just this thing that went south before the events of mm -hmm. Red Dead 2. So, before the events of Red Dead as well, obviously. But they keep referencing these past events, but then they don't, like, they're like, they're not like, oh, that was when this character did this. They're just like, 
yeah, I don't want to talk about Blackwater. And then you mm. just move on. Um, okay. And then all of a sudden, like, someone's really pissed because someone drank the last of that whiskey without offering them the last sip. And then you notice that there, you notice uh, tangentially that there are rabbit skulls next to the oven. You're like, oh, that's a weird animal to pick. And then later on, someone said, I'm so fucking sick of eating rabbit all the time. I'm like, wow. Like, in any other game, I would have thought that was a coincidence. But, like, the the craft on display here, uh, like, you just don't notice the artifice. It all feels so... Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a veneer. It feels like just this thing you're... It's like this thing you're, like, engulfed in. And yeah. the writing is just... The writing combined with the music from the first two hours, the music yeah. was phenomenal, yeah. as you could expect. Um, the cinematic camera while you're riding is just absolutely, like, gorgeous, whether it's... Like, it's a camera resting on this branch that Arthur kind of brushes by, and then it takes a long shot as they're coming down the hill at sunset. And... Oh my God! It's it. It did feel like I could just. I would absolutely love to uh, use the follow road function or whatever it is, and then turn the cinematic camera on and just see how long it takes to get across the entire world with the cinematic camera with yeah. the music playing. The cinematic camera blew me away. I don't usually care for cinematic cameras yeah. in games, but I've never seen one implemented this way. Mm-hmm. It is the word cinematic has been misused up to this point, I feel like, in, in most uses of that camera. The fact that it changes angles every few steps, but it doesn't just change angle, changes distance, changes light, changes... It felt like edited scenes in a film. I don't know how they did that mm-hmm. dynamically. It's, it's interesting, too, because Rockstar has been doing this for a while. I feel yeah. like with GTA 4 is when they first did it, but it was absolutely useless because you still had to control the car. Yes. So you'd be like, have these super weird angles. and like you'd It was a glorified be, crash cam. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. And in 5, they refined it some. And they uh. refined it some, but this, it actually feels... It, 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 it seems like a, a, an option. Like, I was using it pretty much whenever I had to go anywhere, I'd always turn that on, which is something I haven't done in previous... Rockstar games, I would say. So I have to ask a question that's that's purely selfish, and I, I think I probably already know the answer. But my greatest mini game hope for Red Dead Redemption Two has been baseball leagues. Uh, <sighs> did you see any sign of Sandlots stadiums or any other baseball paraphernalia? I don't think so. I wish I would have been looking out for it now. Yeah. My, 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 my dream is that every settlement would have its own sandlot, that Arthur could join baseball leagues, bet on baseball leagues, uh, influence the outcome of games, become a player, and that there's a secret ending where he goes off to play in the first World <laughs> Series. Uh, Damn, but, now uh, I want that. Yeah. It uh, looks like no baseball confirmation this week. All right, let's get granular for a second. Yeah. Uh, favorite animal you saw? Uh <laughs> The horse that uh the horse that we waved we waved to an NPC on the road. He was fixing replacing the horseshoe uh, on his horse on the side of the road, and we waved hi. He stood up and said, "Hey, horse bucked and kicked him in the head. We heard his skull crack, and he died." <laughs> and the horse ran off. We went up to check on him. He was dead. And I looked. We like looked back at Rockstar. We're like, "Was that our fault?" They're like, "Indirectly, yeah." But uh, that horse sold the game for me. So. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I. Th- think that happened to John Ryan too. Uh, actually, okay. something oh, very that's, similar. So that's yeah. what I was wondering. How often will these things repeat? Um, I guess time will tell when we play the whole game. Uh, that's but. that's kind of great. I think that yeah. happened to JR okay. too. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, um, I guess not really an animal, but one of my favorite moments. I guess just coming off that because that was kind of a favorite moment that we had. But another one that was really good that I think kind of speaks volumes about this game is. We come up to this railroad track and underneath there's a guy and he comes up and he was like, hey, do you want to have a little bottle shooting competition? And I was like, sure, why not? Let's do this. And he's like, how about $5 bets? And I was like, cool. And he's like, all right, we're going to shoot all these bottles. Whoever shoots more wins. And I was like, all right, fine. I accept. We go. And he beats me and he's like, oh, do you want to double or nothing? And I'm like, nah, I'm done. And I hit no. And then I started to walk away because, you know, in most games, even like GTA 5, it would have been like minus $5 and you would have just lost your money. And uh, as I'm walking away, he's like, hey, where's my money? And I was like, oh, I actually have to do that. So I I try to go over to him and then he pulls out his gun and we get in a gunfight. That's rad. Yeah. So that like was the highlight for me just because like that broke my brain because it's something simple as just handing this guy money. Yeah. But every other game would have been like minus five dollars okay I'm glad, I'm glad you said that uh, because I, I think that if there's a design philosophy that's come through i've talked to a lot of folks now that have played the game i've played the game i've talked with uh with the folks that demoed the game at rockstar and it seems again and again the resounding theme is tearing down video games and rebuilding them in a different way than you've seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite all-time Western, one of my favorite movies, is The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. 
Y'all seen that? Mm-hmm. So it's John Ford. It's a deconstruction of Westerns. Here's a guy who spent his whole career making Westerns, taking all the movies he made previously, breaking them down on screen, putting all the legends under the like full light, full candle power of his own criticism, and then making an even better movie that's a Western out of them. That's kind of the vibe I've been getting from Red Dead 2. The more discussions like this I have is that that's what they tried to do with open world video games here. And again, demos are demos. Starting to sound like they might have pulled it off. Yeah, because I don't... So people are saying, they're like, what is the game like revolutionary? I was like, I don't think it's like revolutionary. I think it's... You kind of mentioned it earlier. I think it's finally... From what we've seen, it's actually earning those cliches we've been using for open world games for mm-hmm. so long and hyperbole. Uh, like it, it's it's actually something I would call immersive. It's something I would call you know like the the writing's engaging. I think it's actually nailing all those those kind of catch all terms that we've used for ten years now, and I think it's actually earning it. It's not something we have to kind of like imagine is there at a certain point in order to have fun. I think it's just is there, mm-hmm. and I again I wonder how far we have to go to actually uh, find the seams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seems like it's pretty far. I think one of my big tests that I'm curious about is, so open world games, you go to a town, like a lot of people just, you know, like, you know, go on a killing spree. They're like, kill as many people as they can, get wanted, like fight off the cops or whatever, and then leave and then come back to the town and nothing. It, it's it's almost as if nothing happened. Mm-hmm. I, well, I, I think what will be at least the test for me is I want to try that in Valentine and I want to come back and I want to see what happens. Like our, our, is there no one there? Are shop owners dead? Um, like the people who are alive, are they going to hate me? Um, and it sounds like that's kind of what Rockstar is trying to say. Like people are going to remember these yeah. interactions. But I'm really curious to see if you play Red Dead Redemption 2 like you would Grand Theft Auto. I'm curious to see where it kind of stacks up. I'm wondering how much they're betting on the idea that we won't want to. After a little while, mm-hmm. because on one side is this huge open world revision, but the other is this obvious attention they've given to a more serious, more mm-hmm. dramatic narrative. Are they hoping that that hyper realism is going to draw us into a story where we necess- don't necessarily want to kill everybody in town because we're too busy being Arthur? Mm-hmm. And that's I wondered how much they're hinging on that. John was talking about he did something mean to a kid. In, in the game. Uh, John Ryan, my co-host who, who uh, uh, is from IGN and is on uh, as, a, as a frequent guest. And John was talking about how he did this thing to a kid and he just felt awful about it afterward. And he didn't expect that because of he saw the repercussions of what happened. He's like, wow, they really got me. Is that going to be part of the counterbalance, you think, or not? I'd imagine it would be. Um, I, I, I think the way they're setting it up, it definitely would be. I'm just curious how how many people would listen to that if they're trying to if they want to push against this world as much as they can yeah I'm curious how much people i mean it's gonna be at the end of the day you're gonna find the boundaries it's, it's a game but mm-hmm. yeah i think because of the amount of realism it's a challenge that you know i think it's a slippery slope how much realism do you introduce and then you, because at a certain point, the realism is going to lead people to look for more realism below that and get more granular as you go. And then at a certain point, you might see the seams and it might kind of remove you from the game. But from what I've seen, there's enough going on that like I just won't be able to, unless I really just get in like and I'm bullheaded, like I'm going to find some way the game doesn't work. I don't think I'll find that if I'm actually just like enjoying the world, exploring the world, doing everything. And yeah, you're talking about the seams. I'm thinking about uh, one of my favorite examples in in games uh, of complexity within a limited within a limited system. Uh, every board has an edge, right? Uh, every game has has borders you're going to reach eventually. Chess is 64 squares, 32 of which are occupied by pieces at the beginning of the game. 16 for each side. There are only 32 blank squares on the board at the beginning of that game. And there are only 20 possibly open, possible opening moves for one side in chess. Yet by the third, fourth turn, the iterations are rapidly cascading into the millions. By the 60th, into numbers so high that the most powerful computers on Earth cannot solve the game. That's done with 64 squares and 32 pieces. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much farther you can take predictability with the kind of power and the human resources available at a place like Rockstar right now. And I wonder how far they're going to be able to carry it. 
I, I'm really intrigued by that. I wonder how much chess design philosophy is going into this, that we can get a lot done in a, in a small space relatively. Yeah, I mean, like five hours wasn't even enough for us to get a sense of where we were going in the open world, let alone like anything <laughs> close to that. So that's, that's definitely... Um, that leaves me optimistic for the long term in Rocks uh, Red Dead. Um, yeah, I, I, it's funny. Like five hours in a game, like I didn't notice anything that like reminded me I was playing a game. Hmm. Like I, not that I can think of. Um, I mean, everything from the way that he slung his gun over his shoulder to like the exit wounds coming out of an animal to they seem to be saying like if you have a question, can I do X? The, the answer is probably yes. And often when I tried. It was intuitive. I liked, for example, I, I, I took aim. I was learning to aim and fire. You know, it's relatively similar. But then discovering I could just, if I wanted to fire fast, I was fanning the hammer. You know, yeah. just, well, wait, I dropped my, it's like, there's got to be a way to sacrifice accuracy for, oh, yeah. And it worked exactly like it felt like it should. Yeah. Weird. That was great. Uh, and a lot of that kind of stuff there as well. My favorite marketing moment. Uh, I, I like good marketing. Uh, my favorite marketing moment of all time was when I was much younger and The Matrix was about to come to theaters. Do you remember the first Matrix trailer back before we all knew what The Matrix was going to be? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay, so once upon a time, there was a time we didn't know what The Matrix was. And there had never been a movie like it. The Matrix trailer was just a series of images from that movie. It, we thought it might be about UFOs. We thought it might be about secret agents. You didn't know. You saw all these pieces that didn't make any sense together but they were all intriguing and then it cut to the matrix logo and you just heard lawrence fishburne's voice go the line from the movie fortunately no one can be told what the matrix is you have to see it for yourself and that was the end of the commercial i was like sold yeah yeah i i and they and that was how they introduced something new i get that feeling from red dead that until you play you don't quite get it yeah, yeah. and that's why like our job's been tough the last few weeks explaining uh what makes the game tick or at least what made our experience tick and uh that it's one of those games where i don't think like you can really fully understand it all until you're just fully in it for hours it's it's been interesting because i the embargo lifted tuesday and i was like hey on twitter ask me anything i played five hours i can talk about pretty much anything um that i saw and the questions i was getting were like like can you swim does it have photo mode uh like what like, can you, can you, I, I don't know. They're just like a bunch of little things that like I was, I was answering them, but it was like, I'm still not really getting across what this game is. I must've answered like 150, 300 questions, mm -hmm. but I feel like in none of that, I was actually able to describe to people what this game is and why they should be excited on the fact that it's another rockstar game. So maybe it's been hard doing that in answering questions. If you were going to summarize, how would you do it? Well, if you were going to try to talk about the effect it had on you and why you think it's special. Um, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. I just think like what you were saying with chess, there's just so many possibilities that it, it's it's so hard to comprehend, uh, at least based on what we saw, that it, it's exciting. Okay, It's exciting seeing a game that has such a diversity in the ways you can play it out and the way things play out. Hey, I've used this example from my childhood. Um, I'm a very old man. Uh, I walked to an arcade around my fifth, sixth birthday, uh, somewhere around this time, and uh, to a Chuck E. Cheese. And there was a Super Mario Brothers versus machine, arcade machine in there. I hadn't even touched an NES at this point. And I put in a quarter, and the world just kept going. I'd never seen that before. I'd never fathomed that before. You ran to the right and there were clouds and worlds and underground areas and castles and treetops and oceans and, and it just kept going. And everything that I'd experienced in video games before that didn't make any language sense compared to what I was seeing there. It was like it had come down from outer space. Is this potentially that kind of jump or not? What do you think? Yeah, potentially. Um, from what we played, it's it's like a good start. Uh, I don't know if like if that'll be pulled off in the end, but like I said, I don't. Right now, I'm not convinced the game is revolutionary. I think it's just it's meeting that high bar that we've been putting for other world games, other open world games for like a decade now. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess, yeah, it could be potentially. Okay, so. Those dangerous questions we were asking about. I actually sent out a call for a uh, for a few questions here. Let's oh, see cool. how many of those are 
in fact, recognized because people are asking a lot about. Oh, look. Okay. Did you go fishing? We did not. We actually, I didn't know there, I didn't, they didn't tell us there was fishing until we was, saw the trailer. Yeah, yeah. And ah, then I, was, okay. I saw that and I was like, should have done it. Yeah. All right. He didn't say no opportunity to go fishing. Uh, is as someone who naturally meanders in open world games, this one from James, is there a chance that I will go five hours without touching any mainline quest except for initial game opener? 100%, yes. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what we did with our yeah, five hours. We, we got distracted. Okay. <laughs> I, got a, I got like halfway across the map before I realized, oh shit, I'm in the and middle of the swamp. Yeah, we could have gone on for hours yeah. more, but Rockstar was like, all right, wrap it up. Did it feel like distracted or did it feel like... Distracted is not like, yeah, pleasantly distracted. Um, like I said, the, the worry I would have is that those emergent things will happen too often and feel less, uh, kind of desensitize me to them, but in that amount of time i was uh pleasantly pulled left and right just into exploring and being curious matthew asks i know certain things are manual and meant to be immersive like manually giving npcs money for wagers hey there we go and it not being auto deducted etc but what other items are planned on being manual any actions that would be manual versus automated like weapon cocking reloading fishing etc pulling weapon like a swap like weapon loadout swapping on your horse is a little bit more manual than I thought it would be. Like, actually, it, it's kind of more of an animation, but if you're on the other side of the horse, he'll actually have to reach over and grab it. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, like, loading a deer onto the back of the horse seemed a little bit more involved, and then the horse, like, runs differently as the deer is kind of weighing it down in the back, especially in deep snow. Um, picking up people to loot their bodies also. It, it's not oh, just this yeah. padding. You actually, if they're on there, if they're face down, you grab their, their like, coat or there's and you lift them up and actually have to feel for their belt um yeah he'll like dig through their pockets on their coat and feel yeah and stuff like that did y'all experience something that happened to me and it makes it's another one of those little like kind of quality of reality we talk a lot about quality of life in games i think i'm going to try to coin quality of reality for red dead um because i'm arrogant uh <laughs> i went to uh to loot someone on the ground and one of my fellow gang members had already done it um, oh, i went to loot a body well one of the guys I was working with had already looted that body because you're with a bunch of criminals. Of course they're going to loot the bodies. And so I couldn't, it wasn't, the world wasn't centered around me. I'm with John Marston and Bill Williamson. They're going to take money too. If they get the chance that happened to y'all. That didn't specifically no. Yeah. That, that that's, if I'm remembered correctly, that, that was why I couldn't get money from some of the bodies is because my fellow uh, squad mates had um, looted them. And again, that was just, it made so much sense. Of course it's that way. Yeah, I love oh. that. I didn't see that. Yeah. And then I picked up another guy and threw him into a fire to see what would happen. Yeah. Oh, how'd that go? <laughs> uh, I put him in by his wrist, and the fire caught on his wrist and then slowly spread up his yeah. clothing, consumed his body, and then gradually he blazed and cooked in front of me. Okay. And it was gross. Sounds horrible. like a rock star game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it, but it wasn't gross for the sake of gross. It was systemic. It was like, hey, what would yeah. logically happen if I took a dry clothed human body and put it in a fire? Mm-hmm. That's what would happen. And uh, so that was amazing. Uh, oh, here it is. Swimming from Drew. That's a weird one because we didn't actually swim in the demo. I, 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 I am hesitant to answer it. I have a feeling you can swim, but I don't know. We didn't do it. Okay, you guys didn't do it. Does the edge of the map look obvious like the first Red Dead? Or can you go to a lot of mountains? This from uh, this one from Descendiophobia. Uh, this is... This is this is kind of funny when we uh, so our uh, the the Rockstar PR person she loaded into a different save and she was kind of just showing us some of the later game stuff and then she was describing the world we were in an open area and she's like see that mountain over there and normally you know you're always expecting like oh you can go there she's like you can go past that mountain okay. <laughs> yeah. it's like on the edge of the draw distance in what was already a very good looking game yeah, yeah so just keep on going yeah the the, the map more mountains behind massive it. I don't know what the boundaries look like or what they will be. But from what was described to us, it sounds like you were going to be able to go one direction for a very long time until you can't go that direction anymore. That reminded me of Breath of the Wild when I first played it. It was all about boundary testing for Mm -hmm. me. And deliberately, I stayed as low as I possibly could once I got off the plateau until I found the tallest mountain I possibly could. And I climbed and struggled and climbed because you're weak. You don't have a lot of stamina. But I found a way to get to the top. 
and getting over that and just discovering, oh, wow, I barely, the world's on the other side of this instead of walking around it. That was one of my favorite moments in, in gaming. Uh, you may be so happy. Yay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Kyle says they had accessed Red Dead 2 and they only played five hours. What could possibly be more important than staying home and continuing playing? I don't think Kyle realized you were at a demo event. Uh, yeah, Rockstar was, we went to Rockstar. They had a the build set up uh, and we only had a certain amount of time before they kicked us out. We tried to keep playing yeah. for your sake, but they did not let okay. us. Uh, I would not be here right now if I had the game. <laughs> Mr. Water Balloon asks, which edition do you recommend? Yeah, there's a few. I, I, haven't, them? I haven't looked into it really. Okay. I would... I don't know. Okay. I, I there's a, Is there a hundred? There's the hundred dollar version. Of one, right? There's several yeah. different editions, yeah, yeah, and they all offer different things. I personally usually say no just because I don't like the clutter, but... If you're a big Red Dead fan, it's worth it. Go with what you want. Uh, We have from Leon here, uh, how good are the horse testicle physics? If I punch them or shoot at them, will they act accordingly? If I keep punching them, will they turn blue? Uh, and then it gets gross after that. <laughs> it gets gross after that. Yeah, um, it, gets, it gets worse after. I that. didn't. I noticed my horse pooping, and I noticed like I we saw the horse drifting and falling. I I messed my horse up. I fell off a cliff with him, and oh. it busted us both up. I did not pay attention to the genitals, but I heard that there is like there were a few people at Rockstar who was large whose job largely was to get those physics right. Perfect. Yeah. So I can't say that I saw them firsthand, but it sounds like uh, you're in good hands, so to speak. Team horse. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, John Ryan talked, uh, he talked a lot about a horse team during his visit there. Uh, okay. uh, apparently there really were people that just have been working on horses for years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just kind of rad. It shows. It feels good. Uh, let's see. Uh, we have a question from John who says, will eating and drinking affect Arthur Morgan's actual weight, make him fat, skinny, more muscular, etc." That's what they told us. Yeah. So yeah. if you eat unhealthy, like I think they mentioned, like if you go to the convenience store and buy a bunch of chocolate and eat a bunch of chocolate, that's going to affect Arthur. Curtis asks, approximately how many folks are throwing a hoedown within the first five hours of the game? Did you encounter any hoedowns? I wish. I don't think I don't so. Think so. Hoedown not yet confirmed. Uh, we did see some under the stars dancing in the trailer, so mm-hmm. there's some kind of dancing going on. Uh, yeah. But the closest we got to like dancing was a few people at the saloon before Jake got into that bar fight. <laughs> Sinistrada asks, will it be homes that I can live in and decorate? I don't know. That's a question that I've been wondering, too. Because okay. um, you couldn't Red Dead Redemption. Couldn't GTA 5, too. You couldn't GTA 5. Yeah, I'd I don't be know. very I surprised so. you couldn't. Yeah. I wonder about that being a Red Dead Online feature. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It probably have to be. Um, but it, it, from what we saw, it seems like the camp is your main place that you're going to yeah. be going, hanging out, communicating with people. Whether you can get other things... On top of that, I don't know, but you will have that camp, which is home, and that does move throughout the story. Let's speculate for a second. I just want to feed off you guys' curiosity. Let's move out of the realm of hard news for a moment. And talking about Red Dead Online, um, you think that's where we'll see End of Nightmare? Yes. Jake says yes. Sure. Mike says sure. Yeah. Uh, You think they'll go like full supernatural, ghost riders in the sky, vampires, werewolves, things that go bump in the night? A couple years I think it'll take a while, but I think at some point, like, especially with what we see with GTA five, like DeLoreans flying DeLoreans and stuff, yeah. I think, I think attack motor sound to happen, especially when you consider the fact that rockstar has a history with this undead nightmare. Right. As is. Yeah. Undead nightmare makes sense for that. Hey, you ever played Deadlands? You're talking about D and D earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deadlands, the RPG that's effectively like Gothic horror wild west. That sounds um, rad. Oh, it's freaking great. It's like poker hands to cast spells. And oh, it's fantastic. Um, really, really, really great game. Recommend that. Uh, but yeah, play, play some Deadlands if you never have before. It's a great game. Gentlemen, you have subjected yourself to a line of questioning today uh, just for the sake of kindness. And I want you to know how much I appreciate it. Um, you have had an experience that I am really jealous of. Uh, I'm going to leave with this final question. What's the stupidest thing? that you did or that happened to you in five hours of wandering around this world? For me, I think actually, I don't think I adequately sold how dumb I looked tonight. So I clearly knew the cliff was too tall for my horse to jump off, but it, I saw a carriage that I really wanted to rob. It was going, uh, see, say I'm heading north and I saw a carriage going west to east under this like railroad bridge. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to jump off the, cli- the, the little hill onto the carriage or at least near it and scare them. The cliff was way higher than I thought. My horse tripped. His stamina core depleted right away. So he had stamina left, but it was like not going to refill. He was limping. 
I he was limping. Like, he was on the ground. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was. Well, his once like, he got back up, he was limping. Broken. He was just like all of a sudden like this lame horse. I myself was limping. Uh, so the people on the carriage were probably laughing. I don't know. Uh, I that's the thing with this game. I imagine the people saw that and were laughing, not just okay. like scared. But yeah, I looked very dumb doing very that. Very inept robbery going on right there. Yes. A little bit of Butch Cassidy and the <laughs> I, Sundance Kid. Absolutely. I biffed it. All right. There you go. Uh, I think for me was when I first got my hands on the control. Well, actually, not the first time. But the first time I got my hands for the open world, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to cause some trouble. So I came up to uh, another uh, stagecoach and just ran right into it with my horse and pissed the guy off. I didn't mean to run into it, but he, <laughs> he got really mad. And I like tried to talk him down. And uh, he was like, I don't want to hear anything from you. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to rob this guy. So I robbed him and then witnesses see. And then it just became a game of me like trying to like talk down all these witnesses like no no don't tell on me don't tell on me or just shooting them if they don't and then that would attract another witness so i was just running back and forth trying to like contain this situation until finally the law was like nah we're you're done this is just spiraled out of control yeah. what were the final repercussions did you have to go on the run did the law take you down i did i i hopped on my horse and just kind of rode over the hill and waited and typical just waited for the uh, wanted level to go down they okay. did say like if i had pushed it farther they could have they could have put out bounties for me but yeah. because I guess they didn't get they didn't see my face. Okay. Um they weren't able to do that. And they so. actually come and like investigate the yeah, scene. Yeah, like, there was people who come yeah. they like check out the bodies. Like Pinkertons come along yeah. and start looking through the Okay. Um I also one thing I wanted to mention was so like the game is setting up its own rule set. It's a very complex vast rule set in this game if the first 5 hours are anything to be believed. So I had a witness, she was a woman from a stagecoach and I just killed the driver. I was going to rob the stagecoach. The woman had jumped out started running toward town and it said you have a witness so i ran up to her i didn't want to kill her she didn't do anything wrong uh, i pointed my gun at her she put her hands up and then she started to slowly inch away from me i fired into the air like they've shown you can done and i said i threatened i was like you didn't see shit don't tell anyone she's like okay okay i won't she leaves still going back toward town and i leave to get on my horse thinking i'm safe she still told Ooh, the sheriff she lied so that's what really excites me the game wasn't just setting up its own rules the game at that point three hours in was confident enough to break its own rules and i still was fine with it right because you yeah. don't control that woman why right. would she exactly. not lie i mean maybe she was scared but maybe she'd lie and yeah. wait to tell the sheriff it's yeah. not it doesn't it didn't feel like a game at that point it felt like an open world and those get two very different things at certain points and, and i think what happens next time you see her you know, maybe I recognize her. Maybe I. I would also have loved to follow her back, kind of at a distance, to see her. I'm. I'm fairly certain that she actually went into the sheriff's office or the deputy uh, or to the marshal. Uh, I would have loved to see them all, like, kind of hurry out and get on their horses. Like, again, this is all in my head. This is the kind of stuff I imagine in a normal open world game. But I think Red Dead is kind of like, is kind of a. Uh, populating my imagination with its game a little bit more and like requiring less of my imagination yeah it's closing that gap yeah and it's the it's pretty astounding to see that because i am going to like kind of kick the tires and see where the cracks start to form if they do um but i'm also fairly sure i'll enjoy a lot of this game if not the whole thing Rad. And gentlemen, uh, you have a show about Red Dead Radio starting this very Friday, even as you watch and listen. Where are people going to be able to find this, watch it, listen to it at all, etc.? Who's going to be on it? Tell us all about it. It'll be on GameSpot.com or YouTube.com slash GameSpot. Uh, as you said, first episode Friday, it'll be, a, it'll be about the DNA of Red Dead Redemption or the DNA of Red Dead Redemption 2. So we're going to kind of look back at Rockstar's history. From there, the topics can range from all sorts of things. Uh, we don't want to spoil that quite yet. It's called Quick Draw. I got the launch day slot, apparently. Um, you got the launch day slot. To do uh, my uh, a video essay of some sorts. Rad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I'll be doing, okay. I mean, that's half my job anyway, but Red Dead, I'm sure, will give me a lot of stuff to talk about in depth. Uh, I really want to I really want to talk more about the, uh, the, the realism, the level of realism, and whether it's getting in the way or whether it's supplementing this game. Uh, well, you all know if you have any contributions to GameSpot about Red Dead, I know a guy. Yes. Yeah. Just, just saying. Absolutely. Uh, so, gentlemen, really, it was it was out of the kindness of your heart you decided to do this today. I appreciate it. Um, I'm uh, really happy to have you here. Anything else uh, that you're working on right now you want to let people know about? Um, you got an Assassin's Creed feature going up. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, we're we're doing like Assassin's Creed stuff, kind of calm before the Red Dead Storm. I'd say. Um, I love that we live in a world where like a sixty to hundred hour RPG is the calm before the yeah, storm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. definitely disingenuous <laughs> on my part. Uh, actually, by the no, time, I don't think it is. Actually, I think yeah. it's exactly correct. 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, by the time weird. this goes up, we'll have a bunch of Fallout 76 coverage on ah. this spot. Uh, so oh, yeah. I imagine a lot of people will be interested in that if they're also interested in Red Dead. Yeah, that's a similar thing where people are like, how does this game even work? How am I going to be playing this? So I th hopefully uh, Jean-Luc and Alessandro from GameSpot came back with a little more concrete answers from uh, their press trip. Oh, yeah. Were, were either of you down, down in the big hole? No, but okay. you, we were talking about this. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they went to the con congressional bunker uh, yeah. that was, you told me, it was disguised by... It, resort they, construction they put a on resort on. If this is the place I'm thinking of, and it's in West Virginia, so I'm pretty yeah. sure this is it. It was it was covertly designed during the Cold War to house members of Congress and their families and staffs during the event of a, a nuclear attack. And so they built a resort on top of it to hide it while yeah. they were building the bunker underneath. And eventually, of course, the KGB, the GRU, figured out where it was, yeah. and then they just kept the resort there. And the basement became kind of this vast empty space, and it got rented out by uh, uh, Bethesda for this. Uh, yeah. uh, Vault of it, but Perfect. it's like a it's, it's like a one of those places that helped inspire the idea of vaults. Like yeah, it right, really right, was yeah. like an actual like here's a place we can theoretically survive during mm -hmm. nuclear war for a while and yeah. have a government when the when you know there were people during the Cold War that were somehow convinced that when everyone was dead and nuclear winter destroyed us all and there was no food and no breathable air that we would still have a country afterward and or still want one. Yeah, and then after a while they're like, yeah, maybe maybe we have not thought this through. All the yeah. Way. No, there was that too. Yeah. Don't do nuclear war, kids. It's bad. Uh, all right, friends. Uh, you're, we'll be around here very, very soon with more Red Dead Redemption 2 news. Our next episode should be everything we know about Red Dead Redemption as we ride hurdle on the brink right there. I forgot how to speak words. We're headed right for the launch of this game. We're going to do an everything we know episode, get together, and just go systematically through it all. That should be a long one. We hope you enjoy it. Thanks for supporting us. And again, if you uh, if you want to help out financially, this is how I make my living, and, and I, I like living. So reddeadradio.com uh, is a place that you can go and uh, throw a few bucks my way. I do a bunch of Patreon-exclusive content there that I think you'll enjoy, and I'd really appreciate it if you would. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. We're on Android through Google Play and uh, other podcasts apps at all etc and you can always watch on youtube.com thank you very much also uh if you haven't ever watched it and the numbers would indicate that no one ever has uh i make a little series called hop lip and a jump which is a series of documentary video essays uh about why video games matter and how they're connected to the real world i, I think you'll like it if you give it a chance so i hope you will gentlemen happy trails Hey, shout out to Patreon producers Tom Box, Stuart Ferguson, and Jonathan, whose support makes this show possible.